on Tuesday, our favorite creepy Uncle Joe Biden gave a State of the Union address, or I like to refer to him as Ku Klux Joe. And I think I saw a balloon fly over. That and much, much more on the Politically Tolerant. My name is Zachary Groper. I'm Cooper Brown. <laughs> I think that might have been the worst <laughs> speech ever given at, by a president. And I think one of them got shot once. Roosevelt, <laughs> but I mean, that was. I mean, when I watched the State of the Union address, there, it's so boring and it's so monotonous. They kind of feel the same always. And then I've been thinking about kind of what he's been saying lately. And this is like me with movies. My best impressions are when I first watch it, and the longer it takes, the more I just hate the thing. And there's just Joe Biden, so many lies, so many inconsistent um, talking points. It was kind of hysterical, just the the amount of just ridiculous nature that is going on. And then subsequently, the, the utter fandom the media has for him now that um, – saying that, oh, he did this most amazing job. It was one of the greatest speeches Biden has ever given in his, like, 75 years of being in political life. I'm just like, that was a disaster. I, th- I think one of them referred to him as, like, a Roosevelt, as, like, Franklin Roosevelt giving his speech to, to us, <laughs> the State of the Union. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like, he, he shows what the, the Democrat Party is all about, how we have to go back to roots. Ridiculous. Oh, but, he certainly shows what the Democrats are about, for sure. But they're going to the other direction. But that's, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I think like my first impression of it is like there's no there's there was no uh, intention to build like a partisan relationship with the Republican Party. It was all divisiveness, and they were going mm-hmm. in the complete other direction and blaming Republicans for certain things. We were talking. I mean, I know you were talking about entitlement programs and gun reform. I mean, just subtle things that, okay, we could build continuity on. It was just taken and completely gone the other direction. I mean, I mean, what what are your thoughts on that, Cooper? I mean, you can, there's an entire list that we created of just all of the, the, the lies and just all the fact checks that we can do just throughout his speech. Um, like talking about the, his record job employment. That was kind of the first main section of what he talked about was kind of like, these are all the amazing things that I was able to do so far in the last two years where he basically just outright lied, said that um, there's like record job report numbers and that, um, which is not necessarily true. Most of that was all just rebounding effect from COVID, which was the largest artificial coma and toast, like, that has ever been seen in the entire world. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm talking, yeah. talking, go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah, you said he created a total of 12 million jobs and mainly, mainly those jobs, like Cooper said, reinforced COVID. Not only that, it, they, a lot of them were temporary uh, expulsions from the job. So he didn't create any jobs. They're just people on leave because of COVID who were able to resume their job back. I mean, so, I mean, this is complete uh, wrong. And uh, there's something about, him saying about insulin prices, right, Cooper? With Donald Trump? Yeah, well, I mean, if you want to get into the insulin prices really fast, though, that if you look at the jobs report from where we are now, it's basically even with what we were in 2020 pre-COVID. So, but we're now three years removed. So we basically lost three years worth of um, 
of job growth and economic growth. And we're back to where we were um, before the pandemic. So we should be way, we should be, um, have developed way more by then. He talked about, um, one of the things he talked about was uh, the insulin that he's been, that he proposed legislation causes of insulin, um, which Donald Trump, that was something Donald Trump did in his administration. Biden then repealed it. And I was trying to get, trying to claim credit for that now. Um, the, the, one of the hilarious ones of the night was when he totally contradicted himself about um, oil and oil prices, where he said that, listen, companies don't need to worry about um, me attacking them and, and me going after oil. We're, it's going to be a long time before we need oil. It's going to need like 10 years. Yeah. And then all the Republicans in the audience just bursted out laughing because anyone that knows anything knows that it takes a lot longer than 10 years to build these refineries, to start drilling oil and to get them shipped and get them ready. And so he literally just made their case for them of why his actions directly are are messing with the, the cost of oil yeah. and gas. He was like, okay, he said, I was a cap. I'm a capitalist. I'm all for the oil companies, even though he's given the few amount of permits. I mean, this is specifically this is since World War II to an oil company. Mm-hmm. Not only that, his his climate change initiatives, uh, his programs he wants to put in has not allowed for any oil production within the United States and has uh, led to a high production cost and on high oil prices. So whatever he's saying about what's going on is actually not taking place and it's the complete opposite of what he's trying to say. Yeah. Next point we want to talk about is where he was talking about this is just another talking point leftists bring up all the time is that the wealthy aren't paying their fair share. This has been debunked a lot uh, where we know that the top 1% of all people that pay or the highest percentage of taxpayers, the 1% pay all net tax for the entirety of the country. Once after subsidies and, and, you know, tax bails and stuff like that, it's a hundred percent basically of the revenue comes from the 1%. Another outright lie. One of my favorite moments actually was when uh, Joe Biden then pointed to the stand and as a common trope now in all, um, in all state of the union addresses. Thank you, Ronald Reagan for that. Um, And, uh, and he pointed out to an individual who, um, had a story of him stopping a crime with a fire or so he was getting held up by a firearm and he wrestled the individual to a ground saying that this individual had committed, um, had shot, I think 11 to 12 people prior to going and attacking this, um, this individual. And, but he was, they said they were fighting over a handgun. And then immediately after saying they were fighting over a handgun, he then says, we need to ban all assault weapons, <laughs> which is which is probably one of the most right. misconstrued terms in all of American, like the entire country is the term assault weapon. And if for people that don't know, assault weapons are basically like nobody owns them. Statistically, 0% of the country owns them because by definition, they are fully automatic capability. And that's not what rifles, 99.9999999% of rifles are. They haven't even been able to be produced for civilian use since the 60s. So it's just a ridiculous um, kind of talking point that that Democrats use saying attack assault weapons. What he really wanted to say was 
I want to ban all semi-automatics, which is like 90% of all guns. Um, I mean, good luck with that one. But also like going off what you said, it was, we only didn't do that for like the killings in Monterey, California. But he also pointed out to Tyree Nichols family. And Mm -hmm. I mean, just two weeks ago, right? The killings were just two weeks ago. He pointed out to him, he just lost his son and used as a platform to talk about an emotional appeal, no statistical evidence, talking Mm -hmm. about how, you know, as a black person, if you're confronted by the police, you have to do certain things. And as a, and he he never had to give that talk to his family, even though, as we talked about last episode, all the police officers were black. I mean, it's just complete ignorance of the fact. It's just democratic talking points. One after another, they have to confirm within the analysis, even though the facts and the truth beg to differ within the matter. But I'm, I know I'm, you don't have your, I know you don't have your license. You still ride around on a moped or something, but <laughs> and all of us that do drive, we've all had that talk that, um, like how you're supposed to conduct yourself when you're pulled over by a police officer. Like this is not a, a thing that's only, um, that only occurs in the black community. Everyone gets this talk. And for Joe Biden to go up there and say, I never had to give my children the talk of that. You, you put two hands on the steering wheel. You don't reach for your glove compartment. Like all very basic things. Cooper, the idea was like, he said it was about based on race though. It wasn't, it wasn't the talk itself was based on race, which is a fallacy though. Right. So, right. Um, all right. And then, so in, in that regard, when he was talking about that case, again, implying that all police officers are racist. No, that's not true. It's just an outright lie. Another hilarious one where he, he basically blamed all Republicans for the attack on Nancy Pelosi. Oh, yeah. Where, um, you know, blaming it on January 6th, even though we now know that this individual is not only an illegal alien from Canada, but was like a crazed hippie lunatic, yeah. you know, leftist dude. Clearly and all, clearly alt right. Right. Clearly. I mean, yeah. I mean, you call companies fascists. So, I mean, that's yeah. a, <laughs> keep a talking point. But uh, yeah, I mean, just going off of what we were talking about, because I, I thought this may be very interesting for the public if they don't know the statistics on the measures of, you know, of police and the amount of killings per people. Let's say, let, let's just go about by the past maybe three years, okay? 389 police officers died from police officers. Oh, white, white people, 389 white people died from police officers. And the equivalent of 225 from black it was even fewer in 2021, 302 white people and only 177 black people. And 2020, 459, you know, during the George Floyd riots, 459 white people compared to 243. So there's this complete ignorance of facts and this idea that black people overwhelmingly are killed by police officers. And what we see in the narrative in the media, you know, going off of that, you know, given the talk about being racist, you know, given the talk of that, it seems like maybe police officers are more inclined to, you know, say, hey, maybe I should engage in a situation. But I mean, and, those, and even those statistics, just read off, don't necessarily take into account, because those are, um, those are of all crimes. So that's all including crimes. people that are shooting at the police officers, trying to reach for their gun, that are beating them with their, with an object, that's trying to run them over with their car. So that's including the one. So those are, a lot of those are justifiable shootings. Right. But you would agree, though, that, I mean, still overwhelmingly white people, though. Well, clearly. I mean, the, I mean, white people are the majority of the country. Of so it makes sense that, that they are the majority of those acts. But the disproportionate nature come is, is what they would argue, right? Um, but, 
if you look at the number of unarmed black people, because those statistics are out there too, it's it's way smaller than even that. So, um, it's it's like pandering to the highest level. You know, going off, I think we should talk more about his fallacies. See, this was not more of a lie, but a misuse of the truth, which is essentially a lie. But he said that under his under Joe Biden's administration, there was no. Uh, autocracies that came to power <laughs> which is like okay that's just one leader taking in effect the power but you know what did take place the taliban took control of afghanistan during mm-hmm. his regime they have oppressive measures not only that that now they're having a lot of uh deals with china not only that obviously the russian invasion of ukraine is another thing that came to that and you think that would happen to trump I mean, no. Trump all you want. He's a lunatic. That's why no one did anything. But still, yeah. still, you could call him whatever you want. But still, that wouldn't happen with Trump's administration. So what he's saying is necessarily right, kind of, but not completely because worse things took place, as we see in Afghanistan, a complete radical took place, and with Ukraine. So that's one thing I wanted to point out as well. Um, yeah, it's it's... His in foreign policy, in particular, Joe Biden has been a massive failure. It was basically, it was like watching an old man yell at you from like the retirement home or like from across the street of like the subway or something like that, where he's just like spouting nonsense. He spent more time talking about, um, about, um, what was it like price ceiling? airline traffic fees and fees for like luggage than he did about china his entire speech yeah what was that argument he was trying to make on that he was trying to say we have to give the fair share to the people about i mean couldn't airlines do whatever they want in terms of ticketing and prices thing it's hilarious that he's 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 that he's um he's like trying to gain the base of the like the rich people that can travel everywhere that can stay in resorts apparently i guess like <laughs> that he's saying even though they're supposed to be the party of the poor and the working class i mean haven't been that for many decades it seems like oh absolutely oh yeah forget you know forgot about one thing he also did he talked about we need to give teachers more money i mean this has been a talking point forever but i mean we we obviously talked about the situation of education system going completely propagandized. But there's not only that, as you see teacher unions having an increasing amount of power with lobbyist groups and who actually shown to have the most money and influence and sway in terms of teachers. So we see at least, I think in California in recent years, I think they got a cumulative amount of 50 million in terms of a teacher union. I mean, fact check on me on that. But we see them, they can make changes in, they're ones, but they choose not to. They choose to support teachers who have been more tenured in these environments, choose them over new teachers who actually might maybe have a positive influence in terms of teaching. They generally not use to favor them, but people who have been teachers for a while and actually have a huge sums and huge salaries, which is completely untrue to say that, oh, yeah, we need to do more for teachers. We should try to get rid of teacher unions. That's what we should actually mm-hmm. try to do. But that, we don't see that happening. Yeah, at a time when America's literacy rate is at an all-time low, we need to give the teachers a raise because they deserve it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, awesome. Great. We teach them more about drag queens and we teach them about mathematics. So yeah, yeah, let's give teachers raises. <laughs> Gosh. Um Yeah, so in in total, 
to sum up basically the state of the union, if you didn't have to sit through it, good for you. You saved yourself some brain cells. Um, It was just lies and just like total gaslighting from Joe Biden. And then the media then subsequently following saying that everything you said, like it was one of the greatest speeches I've ever heard of all time for the, for the 250 years Joe Biden has been in office. It's been his greatest speech. (laughs) Um, Even though he was, he was stumbling his way through the entire thing. He was, he was, it basically was like one long ramble. He was skipping over every, every other word. Um, Republicans had some funny, had some funny instances where they kind of heckled him a little bit. And I've never, I've never in my life have ever had a scene, a president give a speech and then literally backtrack exactly what he just said in the speech where he talked about, um, saying that Republicans want to, uh, um, cut entitlement programs, right? Which then all the Republicans then shouted, no, we're not, we don't want to cut entitlement programs. And then he's like, oh, uh, I guess we're all good then here. <laughs> we, and he, we knew that that was a clear, that was a clear staple of his, of, will be his campaign because in Wisconsin the next day or the next day after he gave that same speech and the same thing and said, Republicans want to cut entitlements. You, you know, is you know, it's ridiculous the, how the mainstream media portrayed him as. They're like they're saying oh, as a, as the Republicans made you know defiant remarks. They're like, and we've never seen a member of Congress do something like that. This term in the State of Union address so shows a complete yeah. Re- Republicans are not willing to negotiate. I mean, how ridiculous is that? But uh, yeah, yeah. You, you remember we made a bet, Cooper. Remember, I would say I, I took the over on uh, Cooper on uh, Biden mumbling at least ten times during the State of the Union. That was an easy one. You didn't deserve. There was no. You had the favorite and stuff like that. But I did win the fact that he wore a blue tie, though. So we can call it even. <laughs> how, about, how about the one where uh, he, uh, he went off script? I don't know. He went off script quite a bit of times. He did cut off script a couple, a couple times. Yeah. I mean, I- one of the one of the hilarious things that, again, because he didn't talk about um, China or any sort of foreign policy relations at all. We didn't really get to talk about the the gigantic spy balloon that flew across the entirety of the country for eight days. And then Joe Biden then talked about the fact that, um, that we are like a strong force that we have to preserve American sovereignty. And yet like two days ago, there was a, there was a spy balloon flying over that flew across every single major like military base in the entire country from Montana to South Carolina Literally the entire length of the country. <laughs> it took eight days to do that as well. I mean, oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> you see a balloon, yeah, shows Chinese superior technology. Well, <laughs> over the they got a hot air balloon, yeah, of course. <laughs> Are we going back to World War One? Oh Jesus Christ! Oh, air but uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of shows you what we're willing to do with China. I mean, he's backpedaling. I don't know. Like we were, we were talking about this. Does this show kind of like? Does he have no spine, Joe Biden, or does it show maybe China, he has a little? Joe Biden has a little influence in terms of China. Maybe some deals going on. I mean, I like to I'd attribute the the spineless cowardiceness myself, but based on everything that happened during that time, you can only make two assumptions, right? Either he did it because he wanted, he was 
he was just a coward to do so and didn't have the spine to stand up to China, even in the tiniest degree possible. Or you could say that because of dealings he's had with possibly Hunter Biden, that he's kind of in the pocket of China. Therefore, he wants to give them as much freedom and access to doing whatever they want. Um, both of those are, I mean, likely outcomes. I, I like to attribute a little bit more to the stupidity because <laughs> we all know we all know he's really stupid. So, I mean, we can't think. Thinking can't about, think at all. He's thinking about smelling young kids' hairs. Not actually, <laughs> policy. That's but, what goes around his head twenty four hours a day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. Um, something else. Oh, shoot. Um, yeah, I think in terms of China, I mean, we see him going, telling, saying, oh, we have to stop China. But then he tries to deflect it and say, Donald Trump did this in his administration. He saw balloons. I mean, like, everything's. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah. Another, another fantastic fabrication by the media where there is a, because f- they said that this occurred under Donald Trump's administration several times. So you don't, you don't need to worry about. Um, you don't need to talk about Biden's ineptitude in this situation because it happened under Trump, except it was basically a total fabrication where um, everyone in the Trump administration was like, this never happened. Anyone in his top brass was like, nope, this clearly this wasn't the case. Then they tried to make it say that um, that it just happened really fast and that like it didn't even have time to reach Trump's office. And it's just like no substantial evidence to anything back it up. Um Anyone that made those claims were done anonymously. So it's like, how realistic can you take those responses? So it basically leaves, it may, it leaves the, the line at neutral. And all we know for certain is that Biden did a terrible job. I mean, no, that's absolutely true. And, you know, you keep talking about the balloon situation and we don't talk about, well, well TikTok. I mean, it is a Chinese owned yeah. industry and it has influence over Americans. I mean, I probably say, I think it's the number one app in the app store. And all these young kids posting all this content, private information. I mean, they can easily retract that. Why, who cares about a balloon? You're, you're having information on individual citizens of the United States. And look, we're not banning it. We're not even thinking about banning it. I hope. I hope it's not the number one app store in the United in in the app store. That'd be awful to think about. Think that, that's that's so popular. I don't want to think about that. That's awful. I know, but we got to talk about it because it's like, well. <laughs> We can't let. I mean, I mean, there has to be some change in this. Why do they keep doing this? Why are they not actually changing it? That's what. Yeah, and that's another thing that Biden said that he was not interested in banning TikTok. I mean, if you again, if we care so much about the balloon, which I, is a big deal, right? We should be we should be annoyed at least annoyed by it. Then more emphasis should be put on TikTok, the literal Chinese spy social media app. So, absolutely. I mean, as as we also see that take taking place, um, it's the congressional hearings for the Twitter files. I don't know if you caught that a little bit, Cooper, but there's some interesting mm-hmm. stories and speculations on that matter. I mean, on. it's it's nothing that I don't think that we kind of had already suspected in the past. Like we knew that there was um, who's that that individual that um, was having meetings with the FBI. We kind of we we learned about this because his email lists were being leaked saying two FBI officials saying they're like, I'm ready for the meeting and stuff like that. And him bragging about it, I think on his social media. Let me get, I forgot the, the main suspect and the, the main interviewee, right? During the, it was him. And then Vijaya Gaudi, I remember was the, is the first day that I saw mostly. Um, right, right. But he wants like, 
Um, yeah. So it was, and this individual, if I remember correctly, is like a super creep and has um, several Twitter accounts where he posted like weird, creepy child related imagery or like messages and stuff like that kind of um very pedophilic in its nature if i if i remember this is the same guy right right. you're true but it's kind of showing and we see kind of uh democrats in the congressional uh hearings trying to backpedal on the fact that well these things are actually becoming true like we see jeremy uh raskin congressional the guy i don't know what he was doing he was wearing some weird bandana hat he's part of democrats and he was saying, well, you know, Twitter as a private entity are able to, you know, say whatever they want or ban whoever they want under their own, if it's under their own, um, their own private company, they're able to do that. But, I mean, as we know, there's government influence within the Twitter files. So, and they try to, and they, what he tried to do is try to diffuse it and blame the January 6th writers and that the Twitter didn't do anything with that. So, which is a completely wrong thing to say as we see evidence coming out basis on that. I mean, not only that, we talked, uh, remember one of the, uh, congr- one of the congressmen was talking about how, uh, Donald Trump and Marjorie Green were kicked out of Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. He was talking about how the Ayatollah of Iran, who is preaching hate against Israel and America itself, is not banned by Twitter. And wouldn't they be against the, their own, uh, Twitter's own private uh, disinformation in terms of service. Yeah, it's it's service. Yeah, it's just this ridiculous. It's the double standards. We talk about this all the time, right? We talk about the double standard the media gives. We talk about the double standard that social media gives. It's just again and again and again, they'll say something and then they just do the opposite, right? And then they they implement some of their criteria for some people and some for others. So an individual that is literally advocating for like the death and harm of Jewish people, right. they they say on their platform, we don't really care about that. But then, but if you post anything about a true story, like the Hunter Biden laptop during an election year, you know, then that's got to suppress that. Right. I mean, I and think- at a time too, by the way, that the FBI knew that it was true. They knew it was a true story at the time. Yeah. I mean, there's documents. I forgot what his name with Chang. He, uh, had documents talking about Russian disinformation leaks on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. Think, okay, we're saying not explicitly, explicitly about the Hunter Biden laptop, but you know, there's stories that come that were Russian disinformation that would harm the country, and that you know, the Twitter believed it and suppressed these stories from coming out, and that's what, what kind of took place. But as as we know, obviously, of now what we know about the Hunter Biden laptop story, that's obviously not true. Now, whatever you see. Any democratic standpoint in the situation, them trying to backpedal the fact about that, talking about that, we definitely see this government collusion in one way or another. Them listening to the government and influence from lobbyist groups that influencing over Twitter. That this is not necessarily about a private company doing their own feelings. That they have some influence from government, whether we like to believe it or not. And the problem I have, you know, with people going against it, you know, Jamie Rapskin. I mean, we could talk more about this maybe more of a conspiracy, but it's really not. Um, his dealings, his wife was actually in the Federal Reserve Board. If you don't know the Federal Reserve Board, they have dealings with private corporations, and they bailed out uh, private corporations during 2008 recession. So we see maybe this kind of big tech collusion with him, maybe with his family, 
and perhaps that. So, I mean, we can't not draw into conclusion these are maybe the focal points of certain congressmen within the Twitter, Twitter files in the congressional hearings. But, you know, I just like to point out that it is important that even though symbolic importance, I don't know if you agree with me about this, Cooper, mm-hmm. but it's kind of symbolically important that we're having these Twitter file congressional hearings. I know there probably won't come out of anything to do with it, but at least we're having these talks and, you know, we're not talking about like Twitter or nothing. I mean, that's the, that is the saddest truth about these is that generally this is not the first time Congress has had, um, you know, media company personalities and stuff like that. They had Jack Dorsey. They had, um, who's the guy? Who's the lizard guy? <laughs> Mark, Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. Right. So they, they've had these guys in front of Congress before and they've, they've ringed them out, so to speak. Um, and then we just don't really see changes, which is the saddest things. Nobody gets indicted. Nobody gets in trouble for anything. So, but it is good to, to emphasize kind of, um, and bringing to light some of the things that, um, have been going on. Some things that the Twitter files have, have, um, one of the very mass, mass amounts of, of pieces of information that they've brought to light that have been, um, kind of remarkable to, uh, to see and to witness going on. Just, just how much collusion's basically been occurring, right? And how much they they skirt around the terms to make sure it's not like the the federal government directly saying that oh this story in particular you have to censor that, but just like broad stroke and saying all this in like very heavily implying that these things are Russian disinformation, and therefore you have to censor them. Oh, just going ahead, I found the guy who we're talking about. Yell Roth was the main conspirator yeah. of the government. Thank but, you. But uh, yeah, I just want to talk about maybe like what we're talking about. They might not be have something to come out about with this, maybe prosecutions, but maybe what can come out of it in the next couple of weeks that people are going to start talking about it, right? That perhaps, you know, you can't hide these facts from taking place in terms of the American public understanding and acknowledging it, right? At least that's what I'm hoping now will come out of it, that no, not nothing will come out of it, that we'll speak more about it and there can't be a denial from you know, constituents in the Democratic Party and the FBI and DOJ or in Twitter, right? That evidence will present itself and a big time I mean, anymore under that, you know, falsified. You have way more hope in that situation than I do because like even during the this time of these trials, it's so apparent that even this, the basic amount of Google searching can totally refute what some of these people are saying. AOC um was talking to an individual i can't remember who it was um from twitter one of the former you know employees and was using um libs of tiktok as an example libs of tiktok right as an example of um uh of a a, a individual that they were um banning and then allowing back on the platform and stuff like that and aoc basically just said that this person has been spreading disinformation even though literally the site is just pu- republishing like leftist tiktoks basically not even basically that's what it is actually um saying that this person perpetuated lies about a hospital that they were performing hysterectomies on uh minors even though again you could go to their website and they advocated for hysterectomies for 16 year olds which last time i checked was a minor and then saying that oh there was a um that all this created a bunch of hate towards that hospital and it resulted in bomb threats, even though again, no bomb threats were ever able to, 
to be presented as evidence. The individual in charge of Libs of TikTok offered a $10,000 reward to anybody that could prove that someone had committed a bomb threat against this hospital because we don't like bomb threats. <laughs> so we don't, we don't like people doing that. So, but nobody offered to do, to have information about that. So just, and this is someone who is considered an elite, right? Someone who is in charge of, who is seen as a, as a political figure, AOC, and it's just a total, just like, lying sack of garbage Absolutely. yeah oh, wait. oh god i forgot i remember her uh talking about aoc like specifically she was like making some big stink after talib got kicked out of the foreign affairs committee mm-hmm. so, oh, yes. you get a woman of color out of the foreign affairs committee i'm like <laughs> was it really about that i mean you would do the same thing if it went against your policy decision so I'm yeah it's the hypocrisy of her getting up, she's the greatest actor, getting up and stomping her feet, slamming her notebook on the counter and being like, this is an outrage. And she's like, dude, this is happens all the time. Your party's the one who started it, by the way. <laughs> if you ever want to know how smart these individuals in um in politics really are, just know that AOC is in office and she was a bartender beforehand and just like immediately became a politician and is now one of the most famous politicians on the democratic side so if you know that's what that's the people they prop up i mean have a little faith in your own intelligence anybody please how about joe biden was didn't he did he even do anything before becoming a politician or we're talking about he's been in poli- I, I mean if you haven't been noticed i've been increasing the age he's been in politics he's been in politics for over 250 years all right <laughs> it's been i don't think he's it's been since his 20s that he's been in office did you know he just had a single job? Yeah. Did you know he was the actual student of Karl Marx? He's that old. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's ridic- yeah, it's just ridiculous when we see who we're propping up in the Democratic Party. And like, mm-hmm. if we're gonna get, I think you know, it's time to find final arguments. But if we're talking about Joe Biden as a whole and his presidency, I mean, it's an absolute joke. There's mm-hmm. no partisanship at all. It's all appealing to the woke agenda narrative, right? All the policies are appealing to that, blaming Republicans for everything or, you know, it, claiming them for Title I programs or or police reform or whatever is taking place. They're blaming mm-hmm. for that and just contriving this narrative against January 6th and sectionists. They're not getting past all these different things and they're trying to backpedal on certain things when certain things come to light about the Twitter files. I mean, I don't know about you, Cooper, but there's no progress, whatever. Everyone's digressing and going more and more into a little hut or circle where they came from. I'm talking mainly about the Democratic Party, at least in this circumstance. But it seems like there's no way of building partisanship, whatever, right? Yeah, it's and it's hilarious. If this was the fourth year of Joe Biden's presidency, we'd be like, oh, man, that's been a like this was a crazy four years. Right. But we're only in year two. And we got a whole another two more years of suffering that we got to deal with. Right. Um, so hopefully we can, we can make it out intact with a couple smiles and a couple laughs along the way. Yeah. We still got at least a year left with Joe Biden's presidency, right? right. More than that. More yeah, than that. A little more than a year. Yeah. So let's hope we, we, United States is still intact by then. We can elect <laughs> a more competent president. Well, it was good talking to you, Cooper. Always is. 
We had, I think we had a good conversation. I think we'll have more about the Twitter files, more to come. So, yep, of course. I always enjoy talking with you. Get that hat off your head. I see what you tried to do. What did I try to do, Cooper? Piss you off? You try to, you try <laughs> to push this USC thing, and it's just not going to work out. So don't even bother. Okay. All right. Well, it was good talking to you, Cooper. All right. Have a good one. You too. One second. It's fine. I cut all this out anyways. I know. Something happened with the recording. For some reason, I can't. Maybe I just have to end it then. Oh, there we go.